You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Hey, listeners, welcome back to Time to Revive. My name is Mark Bird. Again, I'm going to be your host today. And what an amazing day that we have because the Lord made it. And literally, as my guest has shared already with me, it's because, man, we have life today. Jesus has given us life again. And like he shared, that's a privilege. That's an honor. With me on the line, joining remotely today is Dave Wall. Dave, coming all the way from Vandalia, Michigan. Welcome to the program, brother. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. Guys, this is going to be a treat today. As you know, I get excited every single week because of our special guest. And really, the reason that that is, is because God puts them on my heart. Literally, as you guys have heard me say over and over and over, uh, I pray each week, Lord, who do you want to have on the program today? Because we want to hear from folks all over, literally all over, and they want to share their testimony of what God is doing in their lives that causes them to live a lifestyle of evangelism. You might say, oh, here's another evangelist. Well, listen, every one of us are evangelists, and we've been talking about that for weeks now. But Dave Wall, which is also commonly referred to as Scrape, and you might be scratching your head on that one saying, what does that mean? Dave, would you mind sharing with the audience today, like, what does that mean? Why do some people call you Scrape? Well, I spent 20 years in the motorcycle club, and uh, we have this habit of giving each other nicknames, not necessarily a name that you want, but a name that everybody wants to give you. So you just come by it from random, by random activities or, or stupidity, or somebody just shows up with a, with a handle to, to tag you with, and everyone agrees, and there you go. So... It's kind of one of those deals, you know, yeah, I would have dropped it a long time ago, but there's too many people know me by it. <laughs> there you go, brother. There you go. Yeah. And, and as you know, also Dave, God gives us a new name, right? When we become born again, right? He Amen, man. And so, yes. And, and if I were you, I'd be like, whatever name God writes down in the book of life, I'm good with it. Yeah. As long as it's there, I'm happy. Right. That's, <laughs> That's for the main sure. thing is making sure it's there. That's for sure. And folks, Amen. I met Dave, I don't know, is maybe a year and a half ago, something like that, Dave, but I met you through a mutual friend and we got to talking and wouldn't you know it in like, mm, I'm going to say 10 seconds flat. We had this kindred spirit that we both <laughs> knew and loved the Lord Jesus and we were living our lives for him a hundred percent solely. One of the things that kind of stood out to me is as we've been talking in this series about lifestyle evangelism, and you might think, man, that's all I've heard for a long time, several weeks. But listen, it's because we're trying to encourage the body of Christ to know that we're all called to evangelize, not that we're all necessarily evangelists that we're looking for a title, because it's not about a title. Jesus isn't going around saying, man, I need to be really careful about titles because I tell you when I do street ministry, Dave, and I'm sure you probably experienced this before too. No one ever asked me for my title. 
<laughs> you have to give it to them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so like all they're looking for is, uh, do you really genuinely care about me? I mean, right. that's the bottom line. And so Dave, let's talk a little bit about your experience in evangelism, because I don't know if you would give yourself the title of evangelist or not. Maybe you do. And that's cool because God needs them. And Ephesians 4.11 says that God gave them to the church. But the bottom line is, Dave, that's not the only title that you have. I would say it's safe to say, maybe Dave, and you can answer this, that you just live for Christ. It's, uh, it's interesting. Well, to address the evangelist question, I never considered myself really anything except the child of God. And uh, a dear friend of mine, I was playing some music, worship music at his church. And after the service, well, when I was done with uh, the music, he came up and he said, the Lord laid this on my heart to ordain you as an evangelist through our church, because I know your heart and I know what you do. And I was right. like, oh, wow, because I didn't go looking for anything like that. Right. Right. Exactly. And um, God just said, I'm going to do this for you. I was like, it, it just blows your mind. So, yeah, there's that. But <laughs> the most important thing is living your life as best you can for the Lord, you know, and making those short accounts with him. And, and when you get knocked down, get back up on your feet and keep marching for the kingdom, because. Your testimony, your life, your experiences, whether you think they're great or small is irrelevant. God takes your testimony and he uses it for the kingdom, to expand the kingdom of God. You have a unique set of events in your life that brought you to Christ. And that miracle of salvation, that miracle of your heart going from stone to flesh is what people need to hear. Your personal, this is what Jesus did for me, because that's what matters. You know, it's, it is a miracle every time a soul comes to Christ. It's, it's not something that's just simple because we're hard. We're self-centered. We're selfish and living for ourselves prior to that. And he changes our focus, our direction, our desires. So that process even sharing with other Christians is a blessing because it edifies the body for one to hear your testimony. And as you give that testimony to those that don't know Christ and they see a difference in your life or they hear about the difference, maybe they knew you before you got saved and they see what's going on and they're like, what is this deal? You're just religious. No, I'm not. Religion is, is something that controls people's lives. I am sold out. I am following the one who gave his life for me that took my place, that took my punishment for me. I remember as a kid, my dad, I, I was a little bit of a troublemaker. So <laughs> I was, I was going in, my dad was going to, going to discipline me, give me a, a whipping, you know? And uh, so we go in there and he's like, he, he looks at me and he says, you know, I'm really tired of this. And he hands me the belt. And he says, uh, I'm going to take this one for you. So go ahead. He lays across the bed. And I'm like, no, dad, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not hitting you with this belt. He goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Because I'm going to take this one for you. And I was like, no, no, no. I argued with him. 
you know, and, and finally I, I just dropped it on the floor. I was like, I can't do that. And that has stuck with me my whole life as a, as a prime example, as a child that of what Christ did for me, he took my punishment, Amen. you know, and I seen that exemplified in my dad when, when he did that and just keeping that focus and rem being reminded of what Christ has done for us and letting other people know, man, that's the thing and loving. It's all about love. Christ died for us because he loved us. We tell other people about Christ because we love them. That's and if right. we don't tell them, do we really love them? That's so good, brother. And just know this, Dave, that I'm not picking on evangelists because I are one. Right. What I, get I am it. saying is there's a stigma in the body of Christ, Dave, that people feel like they are let off the hook because they don't have a title. Well, right. I don't have to do that because, you know, no one's ever come up to me and said, I got a word of prophecy for you that you're an evangelist. And well, then I'm off the hook. But, you know, the bottom line is, <laughs> and what I'm driving at here, Dave, we're, we're not off the hook. No. Right? Because again, I don't flash my card. I don't flash my evangelist card. Well, first of all, I don't have one, right? Right. But the second of all, dude, that doesn't get me off the hook. For no. all have called, right? For all have sinned. So the way I look at it, and of course, if you go to 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about being a new creation in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But if you just read a couple verses on, it said, those of us who have been reconciled to God, in other words, those of us who have received Christ, have been reconciled to God through what Christ did, we are now ambassadors, we mm -hmm. now have a ministry of reconciliation. So I do this in a lot of churches, Dave, and I don't know if you ever saw this or heard this before, but I, I ask folks in every church, I go, hey, how many of you have a ministry? And <laughs> you can probably just guess how many hands go up in an average congregation. A few, right. very few of them say, well, I have a ministry. <laughs> and I say, well, I'm going to read this first, and then I'm going to ask you the question again. So here's the verse that says, we have a ministry of reconciliation. And I'm paraphrasing a little by saying, those of us that have been reconciled have that ministry of reconciliation. It's kind of like what you shared, Dave. Okay, I've been saved. I've been forgiven. I've been delivered and healed. And now I need to help other people find that as well. And then God says, we're ambassadors for Christ. So Dave, mm -hmm. how do you define that personally? How do you define ambassador for Christ? Well, there's really only one way to do that, be the ambassador for Christ, man. You have to need to be in the word. You need to have that relationship with Jesus Christ and know who he is. And for him to shine through you, because when you step out and you have these encounters with people or relationships with people or you got to be able to exemplify Christ. And it's not that you're trying to do anything because you have to take yourself out of the equation. The only way for Christ through the Holy Spirit to shine through you and, and people to see him in you is by you letting him control you. And a lot of times people are afraid they've got, they like to live inside this box that they control, but the Holy Spirit, can't work in there because you're the king of that kingdom. And when you step outside of that box, the Holy Spirit moves because you have no talents, you have no abilities, you have no control, you have none of these things. And at that point, 
the Holy Spirit can step in and go, I got this. And you see that move of the Holy Spirit and you see your life change. You see the effects on other people. And as you give up more ground to that box that you control, you, you just see more blessings. And, and people need to see that today. I mean, I've spent a lot of my life in church and there was always this religious aspect, these rules, these these things that controlled your actions. And it wasn't, it wasn't as spirit led, you know, and as we surrender and the Holy spirit gets to move more in our life and people get to see Jesus come out of us. It's just an amazing thing. Cause there's so many people out there that have talked to talk, but never walked the walk. And you can't do that on your own. You can only do that through the power of the Holy spirit. So as we focus on that relationship with Jesus Christ and surrender, all these things just happen because they're not us anyway. Flesh is gone. It's leaving, you know? Yeah. So that's why when you talk about the titles and stuff, that to me, that's, I know, I know it's real. I know it's something necessary, but it allows flesh and pride and arrogance. And the thing is, man, we're all called to do the same thing. Right. I don't care who you are. If you're a child of God, you're called to go in, into the world and give the gospel to every creature, you know, and the only thing stopping you is fear. And we know where fear comes from. That's the power of the devil. Amen. You know, and when you step past that fear, now you're, now you're outside your box again, because there's no fear inside that box that you control your kingdom. You step outside of that. That's where the Holy Spirit lives, man. And it's awesome out there. It the devil is. don't want you to do it because it's addicting from day one. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right, Dave. The scripture verse just keeps screaming out at me as, as we're talking, Dave. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Dave, yeah, we're not reflecting anything of us. No. The only thing that can let people see the good works of the glory of God is if we reflect his glory. Right. That's what shining means. You know, shining means reflecting and uh, man, we ain't got any light in us. That's any good. Dave, except the light of Christ. That's the only Amen. thing good in us, man. Let's talk about the testimony. Cause when people go, well, man, I don't have a message to preach, you know, cause I have <laughs> people tell me this a lot. I have Christians in churches tell me this a lot, man. And some of them will say this, Dave, well, I don't have a testimony even. How do you respond to that, Dave? My response is, what are you hiding? That's good. Seriously. Because as a human being, we have issues every day. We're continuously being saved. If you look at our salvation, it's a process, right? Right. So as we're going through this sanctification process, this salvation process, we have struggles, man. Your testimony changes. You get married, right? Oh, wait, I got a whole different set of issues I've got to deal with. That's still your testimony. You know what I'm right saying? On. Come on. Cause I'm hard to deal with sometimes, you know, and I know that my wife has a testimony of our relationship. You know, you have a testimony, you have struggles, you have where Christ has overcame for you in your life. I don't care pre-salvation everybody focuses on pre-salvation whatever i mean that was just the trash of your life Come that's on. the garbage you gave god 
your testimony is what has God done in your life? That's the bottom line. What is, where has he overcame for you? So when someone says, I don't have a testimony, I think they're so focused on pre-salvation that say, maybe I got saved when I was four. Yeah, but you still had all these struggles that you faced through your life. You weren't exempt from the world, right? Amen. Amen. So you still have all these things that come into your life and affect your life. And how did you overcome anger? How did you overcome hatred? How did you overcome self-centeredness and selfishness? You know, how did you overcome whatever? There's so many things that are in our lives that need to be taken out and cleansed throughout our life that you have a testimony. You're just not looking for it. That's so good, bro. And like you just uncovered, Dave, maybe you don't understand what that is. Because Mm -hmm. here's what I tell people also, because people say to me, well, I'm afraid, like you talk about fear, Dave, they say, you know what, I'm just kind of afraid to share my faith, because I'm, I'm afraid I don't know what to say. And number two, I'm afraid that they're going to ask me a hard question that I don't know how to answer. (laughs) And I go, that's the simplest solution that I've ever known. And that is simply to say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. But Here's what I do know. I know what Jesus has done for me. Right. You know what? That includes saving me from my BC days, from my before Christ days. That is in and of itself a miracle. But you know what, Dave? Every single day, if you're in Christ, God is working in our lives every single day. Uh I remember one time, Dave, God challenged me. I was reading the book of Habakkuk. And he was saying to Habakkuk, hey, write the vision down, write it down on tablet, write it down. And the Lord challenged me in that. And he said, Mark, I want you to write down for 30 days the miracles that I do for you every single day. That's what he challenged me to do personally. And I had to say, honestly, um, Lord, I know you're a God of miracles. I know you are. I believe but I'm not sure I can have something every day that is a miracle. Well, that you know, Dave, that was the point of the exercise because yes. bro, it didn't take me until I was on day three or four. And I was like, I get it. I just am not paying attention to what you're doing close enough. That's the key. Yeah. And I think it works into our testimony, Dave. Let me read a scripture, which you're probably well versed sure. in Revelation 12. Starting in verse 10, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And this is what I'm getting to in verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And it doesn't stop there. And they did not love their lives even unto death, right? Dude, even unto death. And that's what I'm getting at, Dave. I know that's where you're getting at. Lifestyle evangelism is not because, way, hallelujah, you know, I'm saved. And we should celebrate. But that's where the work begins because we overcame the devil, the accuser of the brethren, by the blood of Jesus and by the word of our testimony, but then our lives are not our own any longer. We don't belong to us. Like we don't belong to me. I don't belong to me. I belong to Jesus. 
Paul Amen. said, whether I live or whether I die, I am the Lord's. Amen. Say, wow, that's awful bold. But Dave, how did I get that bold? Because dude, the Bible says that whom much has been forgiven loves much. The only yeah. way I can love others is because I can recall. Jesus said this, man, that if you have been forgiven, then you need to forgive, right? That's how it works in tandem. Like now yes. I have a responsibility, Dave. Have I been forgiven? It says by the same measure that you judge another or love another, that's the measure I'll you'll judge be judged. You. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Bro, that brings it home. That brings it real. Dave, let's talk about this for just a second because I want the listeners to know a little bit more about you and why I think you're really cool. Not only are you an evangelist, and, and dude, you are, and I'm not taking away from that, but here's the other thing that you do. Dude, you serve the Lord with all of your gifts and talents, and that is what the Lord's asking us to do. You've been gifted and talented as a musician, as a singer, and actually you're in the midst of a recording project, I understand, Dave, or at its completion or, or something like that, but if you could kind of tell the listeners about that so they get to know you a little more. Yeah, just a side note, uh, Revelation 12, 11 is on the oil pan of my motorcycle. Wow. So, yeah. So when you're reading that, I'm like, yes, 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 because that's the truth. And you know what you're saying about boldness? Paul's boldness. I don't know if it was really boldness. I think that's, a, that's our guarantee. Oh, man. Don't, don't be afraid. God's got you. He owns you. He has your life and he has everything in the palm of his hand. So I just wanted to put that out there that you, God's got you. So getting to my situation, it's kind of weird for me to talk about myself, but uh, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I've been doing music since I was a kid. Uh, my family's musical. My grandmother, I remember sitting around the piano with my grandma as a kid. She played piano in our church and uh, I just remember those years were just precious. You know, we sit around as a family and it was our family time. A lot of times, you know, and play music. And my dad would have friends come over and play together until, you know, I'd have to go to bed, you know, and I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm a kid. You know, it's eight, nine o'clock. You got to go to bed and they're playing until midnight. And I'm sitting on the, on the stairs Amen. listening, you know, and that was kind of how I grew up and uh, self-taught on the guitar. And, um, I'd written songs some years ago and, and just got busy with life and kind of got away from it. And then when we had this shutdown, I still played music, you know, played worship team and went out and played cover songs. But last year, the Lord just downloaded a bunch of stuff to me. We had seven weeks off of work and he just started hitting me with us. Maybe it was two years ago. I don't know. Time's going by. It's 22, isn't it? Yeah. So 20. Yeah, sorry. Right. As we get older, this happens. So I just started writing and uh, I wrote this entire album. And a buddy of mine in uh, Texas has a little studio and he's like, dude, I was playing it down there at Biker Bash. And he's like, man, come in the studio and record some of your stuff. Well, we get in there, recorded a couple songs, and I went home and came back and uh, recorded a whole album. And which is at, it should be right now being produced so you know at the having some cds burnt and stuff so and that'll be on itunes and all that silly stuff silliness here soon but um it's just been really interesting because a lot of the stuff that 
the Lord has given me is stuff that's directly related to my life, directly related to what my focus should be and needs to be. And, but when people heard these songs, they're like, did you write that for me? Mm. You know, because it is all of us. It is our experience. It is our desire. There's a song called refine me that I wrote and, and it talks about, I was preaching it and uh, one day and, and uh, brought up the uh, analogy of silver and how that is refined. And that's like us, like our salvation, like what Christ is doing with us, because that silversmith, when he sees his reflection, he takes it out of the fire. Yep. And that's what God's doing with us, you know? So wrote a song about that. I mean, things find your way home, you know, coming back to Christ. Um, just a lot of, a lot of things that the Lord just downloaded that he wanted out, you know, because I didn't have them. I didn't have the finances to record it. And a gentleman came up and handed me the check go record this music, man. And I blew me away. I'm like, Amen. you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so we went and we did it. We know God wanted it out. He gave it to me and then he paid for it, you know? So good. Yeah. And, uh, it's been really interesting to see the process that he brings us through. And that's what he does. He finishes what he starts. He does. You know? He doesn't go halfway with anything. So with that, you know, we've been out, we've been doing a lot of music, a lot of different places in the United States and, it's been fun. It's really enjoyable to praise the Lord with folks, man. And, and to see, to see people that have had a rough go of it, you know, just empty themselves and just praise God, you know, and, yeah. and to be able to reach other people and play on the streets, you know, that's what I like doing, you know, go to the rough neighborhood and just start playing on the street corner you know, and talking to people. And it's all about love, man. It's all about love, giving of yourself and loving somebody. You know, as I deal with my buddies that are in the bike club, different bike clubs, and uh, to see their openness to me, you know, is uh, is really neat. We know it's a God thing, that he prepares the hearts. And that's another thing you got to remember. You know, when you're, you're nervous about talking to someone, he prepares the heart. God prepares the hearts. He opens the doors and he gives you the words to say. It's not about you. So your fear really doesn't play into any of that equation. So, and when you give of yourself, you know, whether in word or in deed, it's amazing what comes back. That blessing is just overwhelming. Yeah. You know, and it's addicting. And that's what the devil don't want. He doesn't want you to realize that excitement. It's a drug like you've never had. I don't Come care on. who you are. You know what I mean? People talk about a lot of this stuff out there. And I don't want to get into specifics. You know, they'll take that drug once and they're hooked. Well, that's exactly what it is when you step out there and you allow the Holy Spirit to take control and, and you step out in faith because that's the foundation of our salvation. Yeah. And I have a little cliche that I say, Dave, there's no high like the most high, man. You're right, bro. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and and I, I know, you know, one of the points I want to, I want to segue and uh, man, unfortunately time's flown as it does every week, but Dave, I want to, I want to take something that you shared and uh, dude, you've been a church musician, right? I've been a church musician yeah. for many years. You've been a church musician and you know what? Somehow, because I can say this because I are one, Dave, and somehow we go, well, wait a minute. I am serving the Lord. I sing in church. 
as if to say that's an exemption for sharing our faith outside the church walls. But you said something, Dave, that I loved, and I just wanted to highlight really quickly. You said, but man, when I get and take that out in the streets and all of a oh, sudden yeah. people freeze, whoa, well, you know, I, I know I agreed to, to, to sing in church, bro. Listen, <laughs> and it's there's, a, zone, there's dude. a song, the devil don't have all the good music, right, dude. And so You're right. here's the thing, man, we need to get it out there because God, you know what? God may use your gift to yeah. evangelize. Again, evangelism is not just standing on the street corner. It is no. using your gifts and your talents for the Lord. He owns us. Bottom line is this, Dave, people are going to hell without Christ. Right. Is that real or not? And are we going to let that happen on our watch? Well, here's the deal. They're going to hell faster today than they were 10 years ago. Come on. How many funerals have you been to in the last two years? Oh, over the last month, more than I've been to in the previous five years, honestly. And then I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, if people would sit down and take into account how many friends, family members, acquaintances they've lost in the last year, and how many of those are in heaven? I know. And how many are in hell? Shouldn't that direct your focus? Because you can't tell me you love someone, but you've never shared the gospel with them. Ooh. You've never attempted to share the gospel with them. If they reject the gospel, that's on them. Yeah. But your responsibility, my responsibility, the responsibility of the kingdom of God, the bride of Christ, is to give out the gospel. You see it everywhere in Scripture. Tell people, talk to people. You're accountable to God for your life. You can't sit in church and get fed every day, sing a few songs in the choir or in the praise band, or put an extra $5 in the pot. And think that you're exempt. You're not. Come on, brother. And you're going to be accountable. You're going to answer for that. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And then, and then the mentality of, well, I've got time. No, you don't. You don't have time. That is the biggest fallacy people believe is I've got time. I can do that tomorrow. I can put that off. You cannot put it off. Amen. A minute. I'm sorry to say. You can't, and you never really could. Right. People are dying at an alarming rate. They are, bro. And my dad told me the older you get, the more friends you'll bury. And that's true. But this has been multiplied. It has. And I've lost a lot of family members in the last year. Um, I had to take my daughter to the airport two days ago because her father-in-law, 54 years old, died. Wow. You know, people armor up. Yeah. The battle has been on. Stop sitting on the sidelines. We're not spectators. This is not a spectator sport. That's good, Dave. I'm praying that we can resume this conversation again, Dave, because I hope yes. the listeners are on the edge of their seats going, whoa, 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 whoa. And that's in a good way because we've just got all we're saying, folks, is we've got to be about our father's business. Time mm-hmm. is drawing short. And so whether you believe it's tomorrow or next year or in 20 years, regardless, 
We are Ambassadors for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure and join us again next week. We'll have another guest with another exciting message. And you've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Rise FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at risefmohio.com. The Rise FM Podcast Network.